Hey guys, on today's episode, I talked to Nick Ganbarian from the band Bayside. I've known Nick for, I'd say, over 17 years now at this point. It's insane. And yeah, this is a great episode. This is one of the first ones we did. But yeah, all right, cool. Enjoy the episode. It's really fun. Nick is just a great conversation, as always. So uh, enjoy. funny because I always said like when I was touring with Gaslight and Manchester and like doing all that stuff yeah. I would always say like yo when I get to tour with Toto it's over I'm done <laughs> and then like yeah. it fucking happened so I was like well I was like yeah like maybe I should have yeah maybe I should have got a plan for that but yeah. you know whatever hindsight's 2020 or some shit like yeah, that right? so let's talk about the Gaslight tour we did together where you guys were actually the opener on it in yeah, yeah. Europe in 2014. What I remember about that, this is my memory, and tell me if yours is similar, because like mm-hmm. like I said, like we, this could be like a telephone game. You could be like, no, <laughs> yeah. Danny, you're crazy. So yeah. I remember I was hanging out with Brian. We were just chilling in the back lounge because we were heathens smoking cigarettes back there, <laughs> which is a terrible habit to do on tour. Don't ever do that on the bus. That's Gross. Awful. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Mm. I wish I never fucking started. Anyway, that's another <laughs> that's another podcast. That's season four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of chilling, and he's like, shit, man, we need an opener for the European tour. And I had been talking to you, and this is kind of how it works. Like, me and Danny yeah. Samet talked about this. You kind of just, like, nudge sometimes and be like, eh, oh, let me just kind of, like, push this person to yeah. make you Svengali them if you're a Seinfeld yeah. fan. It's kind of It is like really that. funny. I, I feel like, you know, we have a booking agent. We've always mm-hmm. had a booking agent, but and not to slight him in any way and i definitely don't mean that but like i feel like every tour we've ever done has either been because we know the bands we like the bands like whatever it is like no no one has ever been like oh my god we got you the best tour you ready you ready to go on tour with this with fucking food fighters and it's like no that's not gonna happen like every tour we've ever got even i'm sure we'll talk about the starting line tour Mm -hmm. like even that was just like we knew someone who knew them or they started to like us or whatever it was it, it never has been like oh wow we didn't deserve this tour and we got it it was always relationship based wow that never happened like no. you never got a tour that you were surprised by no never wow literally never wow all right well <laughs> again let's steer back to the fun side yeah. we're going okay cool so brian's like hey we need an opener for this tour like do you know anybody and i was mm-hmm. like you should probably ask bayside Cause me and you had been talking and you're like, yeah. well, yeah, we're off this time. Yeah. Yeah. And total sidebar there. So I was like, yeah. And he was like, right away. It was so funny. He was like, dude, no, we dude, They're huge. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't ask them that. And I was like, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, they do great in the States, but mm-hmm. have you heard of, have we ever heard about them in Europe? Like no offense. And he's yeah. like, whoa. He's like, all right. He's like, all right yeah i'll like i'll see what's up and then you know in my this is my perspective like obviously but fast forward to like you know maybe like two days later you're like yo we're gonna be in europe together is that (laughs) kind of similar (laughs) yeah no i mean absolutely and like just backstory on our the 
insane dichotomy that is Bayside of we do really well. Oh yeah, look at that's that. That's it right Beautiful. there. That's the pass. <laughs> I got the I got the starting line. We'll show that later, but that's the dates. Oh yeah. We yeah. started that tour in oh Dusseldorf. That's right. Wow. That show yeah, was insane. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, they all were for yeah. us. I mean, so our backstory and the the like kind of two sides of our career, um, mm-hmm. we always, not always, we had a trajectory in America. We had, you know, starting in 2005 with our second record. That's when I joined the band. Uh, things started to happen for us. By our third record, The Walking Wounded, uh, that was like when we were really hot up and comers. We were on like the Conan O'Brien show. We were in Rolling Stone. Like things were happening. Shows were getting bigger. So we had a good trajectory there. And at the time we were on Victory Records. And instead of, we had gotten offered the opening slot in Europe for Paramore Fan Glory head, uh, co-headlining tour. And we were right. like, oh, here we go. This is going to be great. We're, we're starting to happen in America. This is the exact tour we need at the right time, 2007. And uh, the owner of Victory Records, definitely an extremely hard person and not trustworthy person and totally dishonest person, um, didn't see any benefit for him, uh, for us to go over there. So financially. So he's like, I will give you the tour support you need to go over there financially. I'll give you that dollar amount, but not to go over there. I'll give you that dollar amount to do another video. So instead of helping us go over there because it would benefit only us, he gave us the, the money uh, video budget. And we did a second video for uh, Carry On for that. So that's the story there. So when our career totally diverged into two different paths from that point on, because while we continued to grow success and gain notoriety and just get the career that we have now, that stopped overseas at that point because we didn't necessarily do that tour. So we've always been playing from behind the eight ball overseas. And uh, you helped, you know, get us that Gaslight tour. uh, When did you say it was? 2014? 2014, yeah. Yeah, so 2014. So I think we had just put out uh, our sixth record at that time uh, or we're about to. But we had... uh, just signed to Hopeless Records then. And the reason we signed to Hopeless Records then is because they had a great international, like, kind of, uh, like, great international groundwork for their record mm-hmm. label. So we were like, we will never stop working hard and we still need to work on Europe and the UK. Like, yeah. that's why we signed to Hopeless. So we, previous to the Gaslight Tour, we did an Alkaline Trio Tour. That went really well. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Gaslight Tour. So we were like, we just did two of the most perfect tours we'll ever do in Europe, <laughs> hoping that we could start to draw a few hundred people. Mm-hmm. You know, like we knew it's like basically a lost cause at that point in our career to think that we could ever uh, do numbers like we did in America anywhere else. But we were like, we should be able to go over there, obviously have fun and come home with some money. Mm-hmm. So that whole year, like I said, we supported Trio and then we're opening uh, Gaslight and we used a lot of our own money mm-hmm. to do those tours. Yeah. We were, we saw the benefit in investing in ourselves. We were mm-hmm. like, these are perfect tours. If we're ever going to make it happen, these are the tours to do it on. So we spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of the money we made in America to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, I think maybe after that, we were like, let's go see what happens in the UK and Europe mm-hmm. and we'll headline. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, we made some fans, but it definitely wasn't like, oh, now there's a thousand people at our shows. You yeah. know, like it it wasn't necessarily uh, 
we felt like we put in the work and we played in front of the right people to win them over. We mm-hmm. feel felt like we did our job, but like even after that, it was just like I think it's actually just too late for us to like crush it over there. You know, like it's yeah. just, it it didn't happen at the right time, and uh, we put in more work, we put in more money, and it just never really took off. But that tour in particular, that's exactly how it went down. Like I know we were talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. You definitely facilitated that, and uh, and it was a blast. I mean, it really was fun every day to be on that tour uh once we got into the venue every other minute was hell because we were on a budget <laughs> i know and you guys were in a van and i've never yeah, toured yeah. i've actually like this is crazy i've never toured europe in a van it's always oh. been a bus i mean i've been on p- plenty of like god-awful like buses where i wish i was in a fucking van or like a car or, like a fucking on a bike but like yeah, yeah but like i mean yeah, so, like, I don't really know what the van side of Europe is, but, like, I'm sure it's, like, you got to wake up. Well, I mean, like, I guess Loden was a little later for you guys, right? Uh, Loden was later, for sure. Yeah. Um, the the issue is, it wasn't even a van, it was a sprinter. And that right. is way worse, as far as uh, I'm concerned. A sprinter, we had basically six people maybe seven. I'm confusing mm. tours. I'm not sure, but okay. might've been six or seven people. Um, and the, the middle part just had two benches that were facing each other with a table in the middle. Oh my God. We grown ass men who are like playing footsie yeah. and like, can't even like rest our head anywhere for hours at a time, you know? So it's like, it really was like, you know, I don't have the best back in the world. Like I'm sitting upright, yeah. like just as uncomfortable as an air, air, airplane ride, you oh. know, like that, that uncomfortable for hours on end every day for that tour is a month long, you know. Hey guys, if you listen to this podcast, you've probably heard me mention that I record this in addition to working a full-time job. So it's probably no surprise that I drink a lot of coffee. And it's a good thing I have friends like Nick and Chris over at Legal Speed. They hooked me up with some of the best coffee I've ever had, and they want to hook you up too. Enter code STORIES10 at checkout to take 10% off your order at LegalSpeed.coffee. Once again, that code is STORIES10 with a U, and be sure to check them out on Instagram at LegalSpeedCoffee and on the web at LegalSpeed.coffee. All right, let's roll. Let's roll right into the story. So, Sweet. so basically, like my my memory of that first day of mm-hmm. that tour was like, so it was like, yeah, it was the first day of the European tour cycle. But it was kind of crazy for us because Alex uh, Levine, he yeah. had to stay home for like you know family matters. So they were going to play as a four piece with Perkins mm-hmm. just playing all the guitar. Or wait, no, was it? It was no, it was the bass, right? It was the yeah, bass. Yeah. So this is how ass backwards this was. <laughs> Dude, this is insane. It was so funny. And this is like real life 100% like how it happened, like I don't give a fuck. This is this is what happened. So from my perspective at least. So it's it's like all right, cool. Like Perkins, you're going to play bass. It's going to be, you know, Brian and Alex like, you know, playing guitar, Benny playing drums. And I remember, like, this is me, again, my personal story. Hopefully nobody gets offended by this. I'm, I've probably told them this myself. But I was watching the sound check, 
And I was like, oh God, this, this <laughs> might not, this, this does not sound, this, it, it just didn't sound like, yeah. you know, it was, it was definitely like missing something, mm-hmm. but like specifically, like we, like, I remember like backstage, like Brad, Brad Clifford, the best dude ever, mm-hmm. he kind of like walked up to the guys and like, I don't remember exactly how this went down, but it was something to the gist of like, look, like. I've been working on, like, I know these songs. Like, I can, yeah. I can play with you guys. And that's, like, an element of that tour I completely forgot about until we got on this. Yeah. So I'm, like, I was, like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that, that is, like, fresh in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Now I, that now that you're bringing it up, I for sure remember that. And everything was fine. Alex played, right? Like Alex came back. Alex came back in in the yeah. UK. Yeah, because, like, he got, his, he, he got what he had to do sorted out, and then he was back in the UK. But yeah. like, yeah, but like, I remember like Brad, like just le- like, it was so, f- the, the best thing about it was because this is the ass backwards part is because Perkins learned all the bass lines when he knew all the guitar parts yeah. and then Brad learned all the guitar parts when, you know, it, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, it was so crazy, but it worked. And like, yeah. it ended up like, we kind of like made the best out of that situation because, you yeah. know, it was like a, you know, it was definitely like an adjustment for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because. It's a, it's a weird thing. I've been in that position once and like right. fairly recently where Chris had a uh, hip surgery and we got a pretty decent guarantee to play a festival in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we said yes. And we were like, we'll figure it out. Like we'll get a drummer. It might be a little bit of work. So we had a uh, Corey from the drummer of punchline. Since it was in Pittsburgh, we were like, we know Corey, Corey, like not only is in a million bands, but he's also in like an emo, uh, karaoke night thing. So I'm like, oh, uh, he's going to crush it. He's going to do fine. So we practiced once with him mm-hmm. and, and it's like, there's no way to explain that, like, yeah, it was totally fine. That's how the songs go. But it wasn't me and Chris playing together as a rhythm section. So it was just different. Yeah, so especially. Yeah. when we finally played the show, it was like, no one in the audience was like, this is weird. Like, everyone was having an okay time. But me, Jack, and, and Ant were miserable. You know, like, Corey yes. was fine. Like, he crushed it. He did totally fine. But he just wasn't Chris. So, like, but that's- it, was, it was definitely bizarre that's kind of where you like have to like go to the perspective thing because like, yeah. you know, perspective and ego and all that shit, not saying that any, anybody's an ego maniac, but like, yeah. you know, your perspective is like, yeah, oh, we were, that was awful. Like it was a terrible show for us. Yeah. But anybody that might hear this might be like, oh yeah, I was there and it was fucking dope. Like, what is he talking yeah, no about? No one, no one cared. You know, on a larger scale too, like the killers recently, like got, like uh they their guitar player and bass player both just didn't want to do it anymore they didn't like quit the band they Mm -hmm. just were like we don't want to tour anymore so they promoted their two uh like backing people like they promoted their backup guitar player and they promoted like their keyboard like basically the utility guys whoa they promoted them to guitar player and bass player guitar player crushed it can't even tell totally great guitar wow. player. but the bass player was just like dude obviously anyone could fucking play bass you know so this dude is like a guitar player piano player whatever he's like yeah i could play bass and it sounded weird you know like wow. different fingers different technique yeah uh, it started to get better and like now it's like 
fine. But at first, someone like me is like, yeah, this guy's like not cutting it. Like I could tell this guy's not a bass player. Yeah, because um, you are like a bass. You are not. You're not like a bass player. You're a bass player. Yeah. See this whole like thing. I gotta get like a zap button or something because it's <laughs> insane how I I cannot stop it because like it's one of those things. If I think about it, yeah. I get awkward and i'm like uh, uh, totally uh, 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 yeah. I, I don't know what to say so like, so i'm yeah i'm just like we're gonna get to the point eventually where kenny can just edit out all the likes and it's like yeah that's let's, great this is how many likes danny said today <laughs> all right so that was kind of like where we like ended up like that tour was like pretty dope and like you know yeah. that was but there so we met in 2005 yeah or no 2004 it was 2004 uh, it was 2004 yeah for sure. And I think it was like, wasn't that your second tour with Bayside or like it was one of your uh, first tours? I think it was our second. Like I know when I joined the band, it was August 2004 and right. we had, I want to say like one, maybe two, like two week tours mm -hmm. that we did. Um, and one of them was with Hawthorne Heights, which is where I met you. Yep. And then we both wound up being on the Mest tour, oh which was that fall. So yes. I'm pretty sure I joined in August. We went on like a two week tour mm -hmm. and it might've been the first tour. Like, I really can't remember. I, I remember you, you know, we were texting and you mentioned that Rochester show. It's like, yeah, yeah I totally well, remember. If, if I remember anything, I remember Empress, is it Empress ballroom in Connecticut? Oh my fucking God. With the highest ceiling in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah highest brick ceiling. Worst, ever. Uh, I remember venue. that. Sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that venue yep. and uh, and yeah the Rochester like Water Street. Um, that was the first show. Water Street, because yeah, that yeah. was so uh, for some uh, reason those are the only ones I remember. But that's when we did meet though. Yeah, but I don't know if that was Spitalfield or I know I know that band number one fan was on the tour and yeah. they were like the most they were like the greenest like sweetest boys like they were yeah. like it was like first tour ever kind of vibe yeah but i, mean, I hate was, i'm yeah. i i get picked on by nicole my girlfriend all the time for having like a bad memory like i will tell you anything that happened in star wars like books comic yeah. books uh movies animation anything like the back of my hand but if you ask me anything about my 20s i just don't remember <laughs> dude and that's the thing like i really like i remember some things but like kind of like digging through all those laminates and shit i was like whoa it was like got, yeah. it was, dude it was like hopping into the quantum tunnel like straight <laughs> yeah. up like like that's that's all i can compare it to i was like oh shit like wow <laughs> this oh yeah like fuck we yeah had... it needs to be triggered it's all in the brain it just needs to be triggered dude, somehow that's i mean and that's and that's a conversation for podcast season five with us but <laughs> like i'm saying like it's like you know we have like several different things we can talk about like you know yeah. so it's like there's so many memories and like dude i never worked for you guys like remember that no. like i well no not true we did a weekend together in like 2009 i think okay and it was like one of those like you know we did like long island pittsburgh yeah. somewhere it was snowing it was winter yeah, it was yeah. like yo we need money let's go on tour exactly it was one of those things like oh let's do this but yeah. that was the only time i actually ever worked for you guys and mm -hmm. it was like yeah it was fucking awesome like i forgot who else is on that tour i'm obviously yeah. not gonna remember that but i mean it was definitely like one of those things where it was like it was cool because like you know we had known each other for so long and like it had kind of come full circle and like, but then it went beyond that after that, you know, like yeah. with like everything we've done since then. Yeah. So I mean, we were crazy. always on festivals or, I mean, 
you know, Long Island and the Bronx are not that close, but I mean, no. I would see you around, you know, yeah. like, if you were home and I was home and we'd be at the same show or whatever, like uh, that's, that's the, the cool part about doing something for this long is like all the people that we uh, have met who we keep in touch with. And I mean, this has obviously been a super hard year and it'll continue to be a hard year going into 2021. But the, the, the fact that I talked to so many people, literally daily like literally every day seven days a week yep from touring the touring world like i actually talk to them more than i talk to like jack and anthony you know <laughs> like i i see chris every day and i'm talking with chris every yeah. day because of our, our coffee roasting company mm -hmm. but like i legit talk to people like like uh sang savan or like mm. zach How harward or kyle henderson i talk to those people every day Dude, ping, fuck, man. I yeah. love that dude. He, I, I, he always turns up at like Andy's like Thanksgiving like yeah, celebrations, yeah. and like <laughs> it's always like we talk for like two hours, and it's like, oh, what? Like that just oh, he's went the best by. dude. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's great. It's fucking. He fantastic. was actually so. This is funny. Starting with the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, he was working for Group Love, uh, and he was here in L.A. Mm -hmm. And we went to we went to dinner. Um, and this is really when the rumblings of the pandemic, you know, is really just starting yep. to happen. And people are like, yeah, I think like, I think we're going to shut like the, the California is going to get shut down. We're like, wow, this is crazy. So I go home the next day. He's like, yeah, my tour's canceled. I don't want to go home. Can I come stay with you? So I'm like, yeah, of course. Uh, my girl, my girlfriend was in Australia at the time going to a wedding that I okay. couldn't make. So, um, so it was just me and me and him in the house for a little bit. And we just started watching star Wars. Like I was, I was like, what do you want to know? I'll, I'll tell you everything of you want to know. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, he was like my, my, pre-pandemic roommate you know and then when finally when it was like california is getting shut down and you shouldn't be here when it gets shut down so yeah. he like hopped on a plane immediately and, and went back yeah. to georgia dude that's crazy man because like yeah. honestly like andy was like kind of like at the be well not in that sense but like andy from from manchester like yeah he was kind of like my pandemic buddy at the beginning because like mm -hmm. i was with him before because i was like I was training him like with like, you know, working out and shit. Like I, he yeah. flew me to Atlanta before, like, uh, before a tour beginning of this year. And it was basically like, he was like, yeah, just like you can stay in the basement of my house and just train me and just hang out and just hang out with me and my wife, and my kids. And that was it. So I did that, went on tour and then this shit happened. Everything got canceled. And he was kind of like, Hey man, like, do you still want to train me yeah. like over like, you know, FaceTime or whatever, or like WhatsApp? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, if you want to do it. And we did like an eight week program and he like fucking looked amazing. Like it was, he felt great. Like it was good. Like it was like yeah. one of those things to where like, but I don't think we expected it to get as far as it did, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it kind of like took unraveling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But again, let's steer away from that shit because we know that's yeah. happening fucking whatever. So like, <laughs> tell me about your favorite like full circle story, like to where like it was one of those things to where like you might have been an opener and then like were headlining a fucking venue that you like played that you went to as a kid, even anything like that. Like what's, let me hear it. Uh, well, I guess one of my, my favorite, so just a little bit of backstory for this. So when I was 17, um, is when I first started playing in bands, mm -hmm. uh, like actually playing in bands that played in front of people. So I was a senior in high school and uh, me and Eddie Reyes, uh, formerly of Taking Back Sunday, started the movie life. And uh, right. 
and we were jamming with uh, Alex and Evan from another band called the Sand Pebbles. Uh, and we were jamming and we we're like, we got to start uh, trying out a singer, you know? Mm. So we tried out like one dude, second dude to try it out was Vinny. The rest is history. So Who? that's Vinny how the movie what? life started. Never heard of him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a playlist of, of uh, right, what he's cool. up to. Hook me up. Uh, <laughs> so from 17 until I was 21, I played music and I toured. Like that was like just one of those things in my life where I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, like I'm going to make it happen. I found my local scene. Touring seemed fun, but it also seemed like, you know, in the late 90s, like it wasn't what it is today. So it was like, it was, uh, it was something that like everyone in a band would be like, all right, I'm going to work all summer. And then we could afford to go on tour. Cause we know once we go on tour, we're not going to make any money. So we'd yeah. be like, all right, I have $2,000. We could rent the van now, you know, like that type of thing. Mm. It was insane. So, uh, after the movie life, I was in a band called silent majority from long Island and we didn't really tour much. We did like one full us tour, um, mm. and then some East coast stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but we broke up in 2001 from 2001 to 2004. I kind of just was like, I'm working in the mall, you know, I'm working at urban outfitters. That's I'm right. not doing much with my yes, life. Yes. I you remember know? that. So, <laughs> so I kind of gave up, not gave up, but I was, I was a little bitter that my band broke up because I really thought it was something special. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was for where it was in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, a big deal on long island yes. but i felt like if it's a big deal on long island it could be a big deal everywhere but we just had like typical like inner band like we don't agree on the direction type of thing so and you're too young um, to, and you're too young to like yeah. fucking be mature. oh i was the youngest in the band yeah too. well not I was, you i joined when i was 18 but yeah everyone but else was else. like seven years older than me but even them like that's the thing like even like those people who are like 25 they're too young to be <clears throat> mature i think yeah and that's my totally. opinion i'm sorry like not like yeah not like maybe in, in today's world, yeah. but in the world we were growing up. Like in yeah. today's world, I think if you're like, like my sister is, she's going to be 24 in April. And she, I, I look at her and I'm like, wow, you are so much <laughs> smarter than me. Oh my yeah. God. But yeah. like, it wasn't like that for us back in the day. Like it was kind of no. like, we were like, we were like an evolution of the cavemen in a sense. Yeah, like totally <laughs> and like nowadays like i see like like because i work with these young kids and like it's like doing like the nine to five shit yeah and it's like like the minds on these fucking people i'm like uh <laughs> wow like i didn't come to that conclusion until i was like 36 years old like what the fuck like all right wow like yeah yeah know, we've been coddled well it's, sense, that's progress you know? you know like we were the necessary yeah. step yeah totally we yeah. were like the necessary step so the next generation could like shave five years off of their growing yeah, up yeah you know? <laughs> like we're like but, the uh, gap between so, that <laughs> yeah totally um so going getting back to the yeah. full story full circle uh type of thing so mm. in that like early 2000s you know I, I was just still going to shows and all that and i remember bad religion's my favorite band and whenever they'd be in the area i would just go to like every show i could mm -hmm. so i remember doing like a new york show a jersey show and then going to the electric factory for the first time mm -hmm. uh as a spectator and watching the promise ring open for bad religion hell of a show oh, God. um Fuck. i loved the electric factory back then uh, like so i love the electric good. factory just from being there i'm like Dude. this feels like a special place yes so Years and years pass. I don't remember necessarily the first time we wound up playing there, but 
that was my favorite full circle moment where I'm just like, I remember I was standing right there watching Bad Religion, like having the time of my damn life. And now I get to play here. And it was even cooler being on stage. Like, I don't know very many venues that I feel like I'm doing something important (laughs) at the electric factory. I'm just like, I think I've made it like, this is like heaven right now. Like this stage, like there's something fully about that venue, the way when you're on stage, how it looks when you're looking out where you're like, I think what I'm doing is important. This is awesome. (laughs) I wonder if that's intentional because that's true. Like I've definitely like been on stage, like just like watching a band at electric factory. And I'm like, yeah, Oh my God. I'm like, there's just something there's, they found a way to put people anywhere you look. I think that's just Philadelphia in general, man, because the Fillmore Fillmore feels the same way to me. Like the Fillmore, I don't know. There's something about playing Philadelphia where I'm like, and like, I know a lot of New Yorkers with their fucking football bullshit, like (laughs) the New York giants and the sports rivalries. Fuck you. Put that aside. Like (laughs) Philly is a dope city. Like that is like, dude, it's fucking Rocky city, man. Like, come on. Like you can't, you can't hate on Philadelphia. And like, there's something yeah. about like, kind of like just a good Philadelphia show that like, you know, I mean, you know how it is, man. You just said it. Like it's, it's like, yeah, it's like unique. Like where it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like we're all together right now. Like, I think as a New Yorker, we, you know, as New Yorkers, we show appreciation. For- mm-hmm. Have you gotten your New Yorker card revoked yet or what? The whole New Yorker card thing is weird. First of all, I'm from Long Island. It's like yes. basically Ohio. You know, no, like it's, it's, it's not. middle America. It's no, not it's New York. Not. Oh, it's so bad. We still love you. We still love you. The real New Yorkers <laughs> still love you. Don't worry. Come on. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I. It's un, unrequited love. Oh, get out! <laughs> but of But I never. I never really like. I enjoy Brooklyn. I enjoy Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I think of myself as a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. But I. I could go up to a random person in the street and be like, Hey, where am I from? And they would know, you know, like, I don't know that I come off necessarily as a New Yorker. So I, I'm just, I'm slower, laid back, chill. Like yeah. I'm not like a, in your face, like you've like always been bustling type of, yeah, right. it's just yeah. who I, I, I was That's born true. this way. Like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you've kind of been like your behavior and like, just actually, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause I'm like thinking about it now, like in real time. And I'm like, yeah, Nick's kind of just been like always Nick, like just like yeah. even like he's Jerry Seinfeld. He's the Jerry Seinfeld of the music industry right here. Like there it is. Like you've always just been like, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. It'll work out. If it doesn't, whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Like no problem. <laughs> I'm just always my true self, no matter what, you know, that's kind of the thing though. But like, I mean, like, <laughs> so, it's, yeah. So go on. Well, I'm just saying, like, I feel like I just fit in in a weird way here mm-hmm. more, like, personality-wise. Like, obviously, in Cal- I live in California now, yeah. in Southern California, and it's mm-hmm. just chill. So I'm just like, yeah, this is my pace now. But it's funny because I think that I my pace still is slightly more New York than California. So it's like I come out here and I'm, like, running circles around people. Like, Chris and I, especially with, with legal speed, we're just, like snapping our fingers like come on come on like if we're waiting on other people and like the people we're waiting on are california people and they're like yeah we'll get back to you we'll email you and we're like no we won't answer now like so we're like have this weird like new york work ethic and that also comes with like being in a band i think it's not necessarily specific yeah it's, it's, work it's that ethic, hustle but for sure man. we're we're just we're, we are hustling out here yeah. a little harder than than most californians Yeah. I mean, like, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think everybody that has to hustle, hustles, you know, 
like, I mean, for example, like I had to like work in like the job I'm doing now. It's like, I didn't really have a choice, you know, like yeah. Craigslist was like, yo, all right, cool. Like these people want to hire you. And I was like, all right, fucking whatever. Great. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, I feel like, yeah, like when you're backed into a corner, it's like, you kind of got to just do what you got to do, man. Like, and yeah. not do it in like in anger and defiance and like any of that shit. You just got to mm-hmm. like be peaceful about it and just yeah. like, how can I do it the best way possible for all parties involved? You know? Oh, totally. You know, and it's like, we're not as much as we've been in touring and in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And like, there is some sort of, and I like this about myself. There is mm-hmm. some sort of arrested development where I feel like I'm still a kid, but I'm yeah. 40 years old. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's me. I like it, you know? Um, but there's just a weird, a weirdness with having, you know, it's not like anyone quit their band or the band broke up or anything. There's a weird sense of like, my career was taken from me and my life is fully set up to have that, you know? And like, I have all these other things that I do, whether it's a Star Wars podcast, coffee Mm -hmm. roasting, uh, you know, I have another like little Star Wars entity. Like I do all these things that I do out of like love for Mm -hmm. them. And I can't give them up necessarily to go work at Target right now. You know, yeah. it's like, but those things only exist because I make money in my career, which doesn't exist right now. So it's it's such a weird time right now because like the hustle and all the things I do don't necessarily cover my life financially. So it's like, but I also don't want to give those up. I worked hard to do some of these things. So it's just such a weird thing to navigate. And like, but like you're saying, I'm only bringing this up because it's like, you just have to remain positive. We're not the only ones going through it. And there's no answer right now. Let's get away from all this shit. That's another podcast. That's that's season four. (laughs) All right. All right. So let's talk about, uh, all right. So this is kind of what I do with like whoever's on you. You got the text, obviously, because mm-hmm. we're being transparent. I talked to Nick before this happens. Um, <laughs> so give me, did you pick through the stories I, I asked you to? Yeah. All right. So so let's go. What do you got? What's Introduce the story and tell me what it's going to be. Let's go. My favorite thing. So, you know, just talking about festivals, we don't often get to do many festivals obviously there's uh sound wave in australia which is like the best thing we've ever done uh riot fest is only a close second because it's only like once a year and one show you know like sound wave was like a touring festival for two weeks you'd be in australia for two weeks with Mm -hmm. like 40 other bands and you would play like seven shows in two weeks like it was it was literally a vacation but also Um, your sleep schedule is disrupted massively (laughs) (laughs) all right but continue (laughs) yeah um soundwave was always fun and my my little story is you know it's fairly innocent but funny at the same time but uh we were in australia Mm -hmm. jack and i were roommates and that night jack met for the first time alex levine and they 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 hung out a lot that night i i remember we were at whatever bar it was um hanging out and I was like, ah, I'm really hungry. I'm going to get food and, and head back to the hotel room. And uh, I, I must have went to another bar and Jack somehow wound up being in the hotel before me. 
So I left first, but then Jack also wound up just beating me back somehow. Uh, so he was hanging out with Alex. That was really cool because I was like our first time like Bayside and Gaslight kind of interacting. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I opened the hotel room and Jack is passed out with <laughs> just his boxers and shirt on with a hamburger on his chest <gasps> with one perfect bite taken out of it. If you were watching The Simpsons and Bart took one bite of a burger, this is what the burger looked like on Jack's chest. Hey everybody, Danny again. Be sure to head on over to stories.net to find out how the items featured in this episode could be yours while also supporting a great cause. That's stories.net, S-T-O, U-R-I-E-S dot net. People think the 70s and the 80s are, as far as being a musician, never ended. And like, let me tell you how much it ended. Because Dude. you starting in the early 2000s, you had to be equal part musician and equal part business person, you know, just to make your band viable. But and it's like it's looking like, back, That man, took like, a lot of the fun out of it. Yeah. But looking back, man, like how many of those motherfuckers back in the day when we started really knew what the fuck they were doing? Let's be honest. Yeah, no, and without I mentioning mean, names, of course, yeah. we're not we're not slagging anybody. But like between me and yeah. you and whoever's fucking listening, nobody knew what they were doing in two thousand four and two thousand five. Yeah. Everybody. Well, was it's really working. hard to because it was yeah, changing so much, so rapidly. Yes, yes, it was so different. So like everybody was like kind of like faking it till they made it, and there was yeah. like this huge sense of like. Just like, you know, uh, disingenuous. Like, it was just yeah. like, I don't know. And then, like... And you just yeah. had examples, like, and, like, again, I, this is... Uh, I'm sure we've even had this conversation with them, but, like, there were examples like Hawthorne Heights yep. where you're just like, yo, we're working our ass off. And, th and these guys, not that they're not, but, like, they are running circles around us right now. Yeah. You know, like, record but, sales, touring. It's like... But, dude, yeah, Not that man. they're not working hard, but, like, hard work only amounts to so much in music you know well, you like you have to be yeah at the right place at the right time at the right song like all that stuff and, and like i think a day to remember like again we can touch on them like those dudes are cool as fuck like at least yeah. they've always been cool to me but like we can touch on them later but like dude look at what they built like yeah. they were always they were the opening band at the beginning of like like your first headliner, like they mm -hmm. opened for you guys so yeah that's a crazy full circle story to where it's like totally Yo, what the, but, but like you could see, like, it was one of those things like where like, I know like us as like, you know, 20 year olds and shit, we had this ego of like, who are these fucking guys? Like, why, why did they have to open this tour? Like, why were they pushed to do this tour? And it's like, oh, I just watched them play and I actually watched them play for 20 minutes and I watched the whole set. And yeah, it yeah. regardless of whether I liked it or not, I was watching because it captivated <laughs> yeah, it was entertaining. Me exactly so it's like yeah it's yeah that's so it's like at this point like as like you know you're a 40 year old man i'm almost 40 like we have a different perspective because we've kind of like lived crazy shit like yeah. in, not 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 crazy shit but like you know like we we've done things that like a lot of people don't do so like yeah it's it's really like again yeah. like i it literally if you want to like like uh, compare it to boxing or something. It's like, we have always just been trying to go like the full nine rounds, you know, like 
or yeah. 12 rounds. How we're many not, rounds are Yeah, boxing? we're not getting knocked out. Like, that's the thing. We're not getting knocked <laughs> yeah. out. Like, you're not knocking we us out. Yeah, exactly. That's it. If you have to win, it's got to be a TKO or we got to go yeah. the full 12 rounds. Like, our, our whole thing was just always like, what do we have to do to do the next tour? What do we have right. to do to do the next record? And, and I, it's so hard to... Uh, plenty of bands have decade-long careers, you know? Yeah. But those careers were maybe partially in the old era we were fully in the new era where it was like changing year to year and not for nothing it still changes year to year <laughs> so the fact that we've made it to, this is our 20th year and we're supposed to have had a big old bash this year um yeah but uh that ain't happening um but you guys like, re- you guys re- released an acoustic record though was that like were yeah. you planning on doing that or was that like no totally that out was of the blue? So two years ago, we released a full acoustic record. Um, okay. And in October of 2019, we released our eighth record in Tarot Bang. Mm-hmm. And then when everything went to hell, we were scrambling. We were just like, we don't live together. Two of us live here. Two of us live in Nashville. Yeah. We can't just like hop on a live stream and do a show or whatever. Mm. So we were constantly pushing back the tour. It was supposed to be like late May to early July. Then it was going to be August and September. Then it was going to be November and December. And like, we just kept moving it until we finally had to cancel it. And when we canceled it, we were just like, well, what do we do? Live stream, blah, blah, blah. We just couldn't figure out what to do. So we wound up recording a five song uh, EP, which is coming out in a couple of days. Uh, we released two songs so far. Um, and it's just something that like, hold us over it'll make us some money um and then we'll figure out what happens next year as of right now like we're not even thinking about touring until next fall so um and you know obviously it's not up to us so um that's when i know that we have something on the books so if we have to cancel it we have to cancel it but um yeah the, the acoustic thing was just like we priced out what it would take for Chris and I to fly to Nashville and do a live stream. And it was just way too much money to not have any guaranteed income. You know, it's not like a yeah. tour where you're like, our guarantee is this, our guarantee is that we could put a budget together. It was like, we put the budget together and we were like, do we really want to spend X amount and not yeah. know what we're making? Like yeah. that's, it was too risky. So we used this a little bit of leftover budget that we had from Intero Bank to do five acoustic songs and, uh, you know, we have we have a vinyl only EP coming out uh, in a couple days. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, we're selling everything on our own. Hopeless mm-hmm. is helping us put it out, but we have merch bundles, records, all that type of stuff. Um, and it's it's literally our only income this year. There's a weird sense of like, right now, people don't know what ever whatever went into being in band, you know, or a false sense of like you think the guys in Bayside are just like sitting in their mansions right now, you know, like they're yeah. fine. They're waiting to go back on tour. It's like, hell no. Like I am a proud middle-class musician and like I am tour to tours, my, how I live, you mm-hmm. know? So when you take away almost two full years of my touring, it's like, I wasn't sitting on a bunch of money. This is really hard to get by. So it's like, yeah. it's, you know, I keep mentioning, mentioning that hustle and stuff. It's like, that's fine. But eventually we like, I always, you know, when I'm talking to the guys in the band, we've been a band for 20 years and I, I refer to us in a lot of time, a lot of times in decisions that we make. Bayside is our, is our like social security. Bayside Mm -hmm. is our savings account, you know, like, like 
we have put so much time into this. We don't have 401ks. We don't have retirement plans. Bayside is the investment that we made. And when we need to use it, we have to be able to like dip into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like right now that's something so hard to dip into because mm-hmm. it's like every band has to do that right now. Yeah. And it's like, I, it's such a weird thing to quantify because we have to come up with ideas that not necessarily like everyone is doing, like obviously a live stream is going to be totally fine when we eventually do it, but like, okay, we did it. What do we do now? How many shirts can we get people to buy? You know, like it's, there's just so nothing equals touring for a musician. So you take that out of the picture. It's like, man, what we do. It's, it's, it's real difficult. I mean like that, and that's one of those things like since, since I started touring, like, year like yeah almost fucking 18 years ago like that was the thing where it was like the merch guy was like yo you're the mer- you're you're like we make our money with merch so it's like you know you kind of yeah. like you know you have a purpose for a while and like you get more involved as a merch guy too because like you know for some tours i did like when i did like the bigger tours of like toto and like billy idol and shit like that like that was like yo these are the, des- are the designs you're coming in on day one. Yeah. You're going to be here. That's it. There's like five skids. Cool. Bye. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but with like, you know, with Manchester and Gaslight, I was like, dude, that was like, that was my shit. Like, dude, mm-hmm. the feeling I would get when I would, when they would like approve like a full line that like me and Kenny came up with, I was like, oh my God. Yes. Like, <laughs> fuck yes. Like, this is great. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, now it's like I don't have that, and they don't have yeah. that, and you don't have that, and like nobody has that. Like yeah. you know, it's it's all different levels. Like you know, so and you said it before, we're last in line. Yeah, we to, are to for all of this stuff to come yeah. back, and it's just it is a weird sense of like I don't know if I made this point. I wanted to, but it is a weird sense of like, well, what are people like? Are we disposable? No, I thought we were like no. you know like why isn't it more. Like we have to be the ones to defend ourselves, yes. let alone there's thousands of fans that are just waiting. It's like we need we need the fans to help too, though. Like that's the thing yeah, is like totally. we need like to all band together and be like, you're not mm-hmm. fans anymore. You I mean you never yeah. you you never should have been fans. Yeah, you we're we gotta like if you want to come see a show again, we gotta all like get together and figure totally. this out. You know, yeah, and Absolutely. that's the kind of vibe to where like it's it's a unity thing. Like that's it. Like to where. It, it can't exist otherwise unless you get together. All right, so let's steer out of the mud because we're getting a little <laughs> negative. Let's move it around. All right, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. It's going to be, would you rather? Love tour, it. Touring in a van or touring in a bus? What do you prefer? I'll, I'll just give you the pros and cons. Like, okay. Obviously, touring in a bus is great. Touring in a van sucks, but sleeping in a hotel every night is awesome. So, Bingo. Um, I, I'll, I would still go with a bus, though. Just being okay. able to have like the the two p.m. I'm going to go in my bunk and close the curtain, like alone time. Yeah, you can read nap a book, after watch sound a show. Check. Yeah, you can do all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. like private time. Yeah. All right. So right on. We got that. <laughs> all right. So festival or club show. Um, so I'm saying riot. Uh, so now that I know yeah. what your favorite festivals are, yeah, I'm yeah. saying like Bayside's best set 
at Riot Fest, in your opinion, versus your best club show? Mm-hmm. Go. Uh, it just, in a sense, it mm-hmm. makes me feel more important to play like a rad festival. Like I feel like I'm Stone Temple Pilots playing Lollapalooza. <laughs> you know, yes. like it feels yes. like like oh, I've made it. Not oh, I've made a career being like a punk bassist. When you play in front of like fifteen thousand people. And you know, who have, half of them who have are going chosen nuts. to be there, who have chosen yeah, yeah, yeah. to be there. Yes. That is the uh, perk that we don't necessarily get to feel all the time. So it feels extra special. Playing in a club just because of the amount of times we've done it, like dilutes that feeling. Not mm. that I don't have fun because I do, okay. but the rareness of connecting with like a festival crowd is is amazing yeah when it's like yeah when it's like massive and you're like wait what the fuck like when it's yeah, spe- yeah. yeah it's like what the hell all right and you get to have contemporary like again riot fest it's like oh we played and then i got to see jawbreaker it's like not the like right, like we right. get to be yeah. on the same like be in the same breath as some of those awesome bands that's yeah that's true because like you you guys were like just like you guys were like right under them on that poster i remember like you know like it was like right there like it was like yeah jawbreaker bayside same same sentence cool (laughs) no big deal yeah all right and uh the last one is catering or buyout oh i'll go buyout buyout always yeah always wow interesting i i i I definitely do not eat meat i have my moments where i'm i'm i am vegan i'm mostly (laughs) vegan on tour yeah. Um, I'll I'll never fully be vegan, but I just in a healthy sense, like I veer in that direction anyway. But uh, yeah, being having that dietary restriction, getting a buyout's way better. Dude, that's I mean I I was because I like I've been talking to other people about it and like they kind of like weigh the pros and cons. Like one of the guys mm-hmm. was like, I'm a foodie and like da da da, and I'm like, yeah, but. I could just kind of like eat a banana, a banana, an avocado, and like yeah. a bunch of blueberries, and be like totally cool for the night. So yeah, yeah, I have that perspective to where I'm like, eh, yeah, like food's cool, but whatever. Because here's here's a, a way to think about it too. Say you're in Chicago and you're at the House of Blues, and they have their House of Blues catering. <laughs> Don't you want to go and eat in like an amazing restaurant in Chicago yes. that you're in like yes. one time a year? Yes. Of course you want to. Yes. But even, but that's the thing. Even now I miss House of Blues catering. I never thought I'd <laughs> yeah. fucking say, I never thought I'd say that in my life. Sorry, House yeah. of Blues. Not sorry. <laughs> but like, dude, like I think about that and I'm like, man, those mashed potatoes were sick. Like. <laughs> Uh, oh those like random i mean i don't eat meat anymore but like those random grilled chicken breasts that look like god knows what like oh man i miss that shit the oh the bread pudding oh yeah i mean i'd never there was a point where like house of blues catering was like i can't believe we get to eat so good and then like and then it was just like oh that was like our tour with best i think (laughs) that was that was i can remember that specifically to where i was like wait i'm getting food every day oh yeah my yeah god like i don't have to eat mcdonald's or like wherever the fuck shitty place we stop totally. at like holy shit like all right <laughs> but it goes back to like gratitude to where like totally you know, yeah you just full circle to where it's like oh yeah like eh, i miss that like that's, yeah. that's good shit you know um and then what's that that's it that's it that's all the questions i have for you i think love it yeah yeah that's it van and bus whatever but <laughs> yeah man this has been dope man thank you of course. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Tell Nicole All I right. said what's up. 
I will. Later, Kenny. Peace. Peace. Stories and All Access Podcast is hosted by me, Danny Del Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.